Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Well, as we heard just a while ago, Warren Buffett's book, Sher Hathaway, announced over the weekend it's offloaded all of its holdings in the aviation sector. Buffett telling investors at Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholder meeting, which was held online this year because of the pandemic, he said, I was wrong about that business. About four weeks ago, Buffett disclosed that he had divested a portion of his stakes in two carriers, Delta and Southwest. Now, though, he says he's sold off all of his aviation holdings, including stakes in United, American, Delta and Southwest. Joining me to discuss this, as well as how airlines are adapting to the new normal, is aviation expert, managing Asia managing editor of Flight Global, Greg Waldron. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Michelle. So let's talk about Berkshire Hathaway selling off more than six billion U.S. stocks worth of aviation stocks last month. But Buffett, who is 89 years old, says he has been basically told not to fly. He's also articulated what many people have been feeling, a sense that the world has changed. But we're not quite sure how it'll pan out yet. So Buffett went on to list a couple of ways in which he sees the airline business changing. So I'd like to get your take on this. He says if you look ahead two to three years from now, he questions whether as many people will fly as many passenger miles as they did before. So what do you think? Will the industry be able to bounce back in terms of number of travelers or how frequently and far they travel within a few years? Well, yeah, Warren Buffett News certainly um, created a sensation in the industry and you know, around the world over the weekend. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but basically Warren has said that, yeah, you know, demand is going to come off. And what we've seen in the market is just this sudden drop in demand because of the, you know, various restrictions, um, you know, the governments have put, a, put in place internationally around travelers and the various lockdowns. So in, to a sense, it, it's right now it's very artificially depressed. Now, people will still need to travel for business. People will still want to go on holidays. But how fast that comes back is going to be a real challenge. I mean, um, you know, you start to say, and, you know, China domestic flights have resumed, but, you know, the load factors are very low. There's fewer people traveling. Um, not only is there concerns about the coronavirus, but there's also concerns about, you know, the the economic impact of all the various shutdowns around the world. I mean, people might not just have enough, you know, money to fly. So the situation now is very dire. In two or three years, things should look better, but it's, it's debatable whether they'll, look, they'll go back to 2019 anytime soon. Post-COVID, Buffett speculates that carriers will simply own too many aircraft. And he says if the business comes back 70 or 80 percent, the aircraft doesn't disappear. You've got too many planes, he argues. So what do you think? Well, certainly the last um, 10 years have been a boom time in the aviation industry. You know, at the Paris air shows and Farnborough air shows, particularly in the mid-2010s, you know, you wouldn't, um, you know, if if you didn't order 100 aircraft or more, you wouldn't even make the news. I mean, because airlines were ordering aircraft uh, like crazy. I mean, it was a real great opportunity, and it was a real boom time. But now, unfortunately, it's time for these aircraft to be delivered. And so suddenly airlines have very little demand for the services they offer. They're parking aircraft in the desert, which you've seen Singapore Airlines is flying aircraft down to central Australia to put them in longer-term storage. Um, there's just simply no demand for these new aircraft coming online. And a lot of these new aircraft were also predicated on, you know, fuel prices being uh, quite high, but now fuel prices have collapsed. So there's really no requirement for new aircraft to come online right now. So I'd agree with, you know, Warren Buffett on that. It's a really 
uh, bad market for aircraft right now. So Buffett was an investor in four U.S. carriers. I'm wondering if his arguments are U.S.-centric, or do you think they apply to Asian carriers as well? Well, certainly, you know, Buffett said that you know it was a mistake to go into these carriers, but I would argue that when he made that decision, you know, the coronavirus was an unknown. I mean, nobody really saw this coming. It's you know, it's a real black swan event. So had fundamentals continued, the airline industry in the U.S. was very profitable. And, you know, airlines um, in Asia, I mean, some airlines were profitable, some were not. But airlines like Singapore Airlines was making money. Um, the Japanese carriers were making money. The Chinese um, airlines were making money. So the industry was going fairly well. Qantas was doing extremely well, too. But then suddenly you had this massive shock to the system. Um, and it's not really the airline's fault. It's um, something that came out of the blue, and uh, it's, completely affected them. So really, it's, you know, a major challenge for the airlines to get back. Now, of course, the airlines that are able to raise funding and get credit lines and that kind of thing will, in a few years, get back on track. But it's going to be a very long slog. Speaking of funding and Asian carriers, Forbes is reporting that Singapore Airlines is looking to sell or lease back aircraft. How much cash do you think SIA could potentially raise by doing this? I wouldn't think there's much of a market right now, though, for people looking to buy planes. Well, there's a few in the lesser market to do sale and lease back trans, uh, transaction. That's when, you know, you buy the aircraft from the airline and then you lease it back to them at a monthly rate. And at the end of the lease term, um, the lesser owns the aircraft. Um, SIA should be able to raise a pretty good sum from this because they have a number of high-quality assets, and SIA you know, maintains and takes care of its aircraft very well. So lessers will definitely feel comfortable working with SIA. And um, the CEO of a major leasing company has said recently that he sees this as an opportunity to actually pick up high-quality aircraft at fairly low prices. So it's kind of like, you know, that old maxim of you know, buying when there's blood on the street. So some lessers actually see this as an opportunity to pick up good new aircraft um, from high-quality airlines. So I think there's, there's potential there. And the lessers will be hoping, of course, that the market really starts to rebound in a few years and they can make a decent return on these investments. Singapore Airlines owns about two-thirds of its fleet and more than 80% of its wide bodies. That is higher than the industry average. Are there any negative or long-term consequences for a carrier that chooses to reduce the size of their fleet? Well, for the time being, a big fleet is a bit of a liability because these aircraft are sitting on the ground and there's a certain cost involved in maintaining them. Um, you know, supporting them and so forth. So right now, bigger fleets are a liability. So airlines will definitely be looking at, you know, reducing the cost of this you know, major fleet. And that's why you're seeing airlines putting them into the desert because it's much more effective to store planes um, in a dry, arid environment than it is in a place like Singapore, which is you know, humid and, you know, not very forgiving for equipment. Um, and you're also going to be seeing airlines trying to push back these massive order books. I mean, Boeing and Airbus have thousands of airplanes um, to, that they need to deliver to these airlines. You know, again, um, aircraft that were ordered in the boom times of the 2010s. And you're going to see airlines really pushing hard to defer and delay deliveries as long as possible, potentially canceling um, deliveries too. You've seen several lessers cancel orders for the 737 MAX aircraft, which is you know, another issue in the industry right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the airlines are definitely uh, looking to repair back their fleets because there simply isn't the demand. I mean, Lufthansa is going to be cutting a large number of aircraft, and you're just going to see more and more of this as we, you know, progress through this crisis. 
He's Greg Waldron, Asia Managing Editor of Flight Global, joining me in Influence this morning. So, Greg, I received an email from United Airlines this past week. In it, they talked about several measures that they're taking to generate demand and to make travellers feel safe. For example, they're looking to block off the middle seats, change the way people board the aircraft so fewer people are lined up at the gate. Um, Flight attendants will be wearing masks. They'll offer these masks to flyers as well. Do you think that these measures are going to be sufficient to ensure a traveller's safety and will they succeed in getting more people to be comfortable flying again? Well, the issue around these big changes they're talking about is that airports and airplanes were set up for these real high-density crowds. So when you start talking about social distancing in the airport, you're talking about you know a lot more social distancing at like security lines and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, those trays that you put your computer and your bag and your shoes in will probably have to be sterilized more often. You know, I'm not sure how often those things were cleaned in the past, but probably not a lot. Um, you know, you're going to be seeing, um, you know, when people get on the plane, if you block out the middle seat. And so what this is going to do is it's going to fundamentally change the, uh, for the time being anyway, will change the way people think about flying. Now, if you block out the middle seat on an aircraft, um, that means that the airline is going to have to charge more tickets for the seats that remain. Right. That's going to push ticket prices up. Um, you know, these cheap and cheerful holidays to Bangkok for $20 or whatever you'd see, um, that's probably not going to be around for quite a while. The other issue you're going to see is more inconvenience around the airport. So after the you know the 911 attacks in New York and Washington, um, they changed, they greatly changed the security at airports around the world, and this, this presented people with you know substantial inconvenience. But of course, you know it's a there's a good there's a good reason for it for security. Now, when we start looking at travel, you know, looking so I think this. Um, Controlling coronavirus is going to add another level of complexity to the passenger experience as they travel. And I think it will be a bit of a disincentive for a while. Not just the, I think people will feel comfortable flying with a mask, traveling with a mask. Mm. I think they'll feel comfortable with that aspect. But the problem is going to be, um, you know, the cost. And also we've had this massive economic shock, too. I don't think people quite have as much money for these big trips as they used to. Mm. Especially if a ticket's going to cost more than they did before. Greg, let's take a step back and look across the industry now. Virgin Australia is fighting off creditors to avoid having its planes repossessed. Singapore mm-hmm. Airlines has cancelled most flights through the end of June. Air New Zealand repositioning itself as a domestic carrier. Airlines are converting passenger aircraft to deliver cargo instead. So we're seeing all sorts of strategies to cut costs and to generate revenue. Prior to COVID-19, if we take a step back, which carriers would you say had the strongest balance sheets? Well, we had a number of strong carriers in the world. I mean, the U.S. carriers that Mr. Buffett sold were doing extremely well. They they'd enjoyed, you know, years of profitability. Um, they had a very strong grip on the market through probably what would, some would argue would be over-consolidation in the U.S. market. So the U.S. carriers were coming that came into this crisis extremely strong. Um, the carriers in China, the big three, China Southern, Air China, and China Eastern, have the implicit backing, or the or Beijing owns a stake in these carriers, so they they're in a very strong position. Um, Singapore Airlines has been profitable for years, so they're again in a strong position. Qantas, so there's a number of carriers who are doing extremely well. Um, you know, near Europe, you had very strong carriers too, but the issue that confronted them was um, everything was very rosy on January 1st, 2020, but the demand for their services just completely collapsed, and now they're resorting to just scrambling around to like you know, make some money off of freight where they can, maybe make some money off of repatriation flights where they occur. Mm. And um, to see, 
you know, uh, just to, you know, try to generate as much revenue as possible while the, they do things to, like, you know, cut costs on staff, while they do things to cut costs on maintaining their aircraft, such as storing in the desert. So they're really in a scrambling mode right now. But I would say that the aircraft, the airlines that went into this crisis with low debt and, you know, decent profitability will be the ones that will survive relatively intact to this crisis. So who's best placed to weather the storm, and do you expect many companies to fold? Well, I would argue that, you know, the big um, carriers uh, would, do, would do fairly well. Singapore Airlines, for example, has had that massive fundraising. And, you know, even I think the prime minister said last week that the um, government, you know, really um, believes in the importance of SA and will provide support. Um, the Chinese carriers will continue to, to do well. So I think these big, um, well-established flag carriers will continue to do well. Where you're going to see trouble is, you know, sort of your second and third uh, place carriers. So, for example, Virgin Australia is in a lot of trouble in um, Australia right now. Um, secondary carriers in countries like Thailand, um, India, and Vietnam, you know, could struggle as this goes on because they might just not, they might not have the cash to really see them through. So there definitely will, there already have been failures, and we're going to continue to see you know airlines go under or potentially be merged with larger carriers. So of course, no one knows how all this is going to pan out yet, but there has been some speculation, and you touched on this a little while ago, that the era of cheap flights perhaps may be set to end. Uh, what do you think the aviation of uh, the future of aviation is going to look like? Well, this, certainly until the end of the year, it's going to look very tentative and very uncertain. Um, you're going to see people traveling, but it's going to be probably shorter trips on domestic routes initially. And then, you know, you're going to see, start to see more and more, you know, regional travel. As, you know, governments such as Singapore and other countries around the region, um, they'll need to work together to set up regional flights. So you might start seeing some tentative regional flights um, at some point in the coming months. Not sure when that's going to happen. And then, of course, later you'll see the intercontinental flights coming back. But I think this is going to be characterized as going to be fewer frequencies. I think there might be fewer options for routings. So if you want to go to secondary or third-tier cities, it might be you know, a bit more difficult to get to these places directly. Um, and you're certainly going to see you know, more social distancing around airports and that kind of thing. And it's also going to be confusing because you know, different countries have different um, uh, regimes for you know, health, health inspections and that kind of thing, like similar to how the different countries have different security procedures. Right. You're going to see a lot of inconvenience around that. So it's going to be a bit of a – it's not going to be as much fun to travel – this year and next as it was just a few months ago. Hey, but the planes might be cleaner, which would be great for some of us. They, they certainly will. <laughs> they certainly will be cleaner. I would expect so. Thank you so much for joining us. Greg Waldron there, Asia Managing Editor of Flight Global. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.